Hello everyone! Welcome to another Villaintober at Capes and Japes. I hope everyone is having a good uh, start to their spooky month so far. Um, every October, as people probably already know, um, we do Villaintober, uh, which is not to say we don't talk about villains at other times of the month. Other times of the year. I will say, um, though, that we, like, we don't, we're not like, we can only talk about villains during Villaintober, but we don't talk a lot about villains. <laughs> we really don't. <laughs> um, except for Villaintober, which is villains only. We have to make sure that we talk about vil. We need to give them a dedicated month. <laughs> yes. It's the only way we're going to make sure we get to them. Um, anyways, our, uh, first villain of Villaintober this year, uh, since he's come up now in both, uh, our recent Bumblebee and Mal episodes, Mal Duncan of the many, many codenames, um, we're gonna talk about Mr. Twister, uh, who has not had a whole lot of appearances, um, but he is pretty notable for his role in uh, a couple different Teen Titans storylines, uh, and his original backstory is kind of nuts. Um, so I'm excited to try and explain this. Um, but first of all, I should note, just because I also find this very funny, um, there was a villain uh, named Mr. Twister who was introduced in, I think, the Golden Age um, in, like, an early Superman issue uh, who was <laughs> a novelist named... Dan Judd, um, who wanted to write a novel about crime, and so he decided to become a super criminal, um, which is, you know, <laughs> the only way you could possibly research how to write a novel about crime, uh, in the 40s when they didn't have Google, uh, is simply to become a super criminal. In Metropolis, where Superman is, which is a baffling decision to make. I um, would say that, like, maybe the best way to do, instead of becoming, like, that's very method acting of you. You couldn't, like, interview criminals? <laughs> no, that wouldn't give you the real in-depth information, if you, as if you lived it. So, uh, he becomes a super criminal, he... Forms a gang, um, and he starts calling himself Mr. Twister, uh, for reasons that I cannot understand. It's not, like, a pun on his name. He d uh, doesn't have any superpowers. He's literally just a novelist. Um, uh, like, he really committed to this. Uh, and he manages to, like, thwart Superman exactly once. Uh, and then his gang members, uh, realize that he's using this to write a novel, and they get really mad, and they beat him up. Um, and Superman figures out what this man is doing, um, and takes him and his gang to prison. Uh, and then, while he's in prison, he's like, alright, I'm pivoting to write a novel about being in prison, so... You know, lemons into lemonade, I guess. Uh, this is, this, again, complete one-off villain, unrelated to the later version, unclear why he's even named that, but pretty funny concept for a supervillain, I'll say that. Um, the Mr. Twister that we are going to mostly be talking about uh, has the extremely funny name of... Bromwell Stick, spelled S-T-I-K-K, -K, um, and he is, all right, 
So he's from a uh, small town somewhere on the East Coast um, called Hatton Corners, uh, which was founded by Bromwell Stick's ancestor, Jacob Stick. Um, and Jacob Stick owned the land of Hatton Corners, and, uh, in ye olden times, when people wanted to build a town there, um, he said, okay, uh, I will, I will rent you this land to build your town, uh, but you have to pay me the feather, one feather of a passenger pigeon every year, or else if I don't get paid my pigeon feather, I will kidnap a teenager from your town. <laughs> um, and they agree because they really want to build a town here specifically. Um, and somehow none of these colonists are dissuaded by the fact that this man is making them the most unhinged deal of all time. Um, it's just so, so specific. Incredibly specific. Um, so they give this man his feathers um, until his death, at which point they're like, well, we probably <laughs> don't need to keep doing this, right? Uh, and they stop, uh, and he, I he pro when Bromwell shows up, he has a cloak made of all of the several hundred year old pigeon feathers. Um, so I don't know if Jacob was like weaving them into a cloak as he got them, or if somebody later down the ancestral line did this. Um, but the feathers get woven into a cloak. Uh, this story gets passed down through the stick family. Um, and, uh, Bromwell stick who doesn't live in Hatton Corners, uh, shows up one day. He's wearing, like, kind of, uh, like, 17th, 18th century looking clothes. Um, despite the, like, he's not a time traveler, to be clear. If you looked at this man, uh, you might think that. But he <coughs> is just a guy who dresses kind of like a historical reenactor. I assumed um, it was gonna be a ghost sort of situation. Uh, you that would also be a reasonable assumption to make. Uh, but no, he's a guy. He's a human man, an alive human man who dresses like this. Um, I guess to indicate that he is still obsessed with this like part of his family's history. Um, so he shows up with his uh his weird outfit and his pigeon feather cloak and he says hello uh you owe me my family several hundred years of back payment in feathers um give them to me or i'm going <laughs> to kidnap all your teens um and he gets laughed out of town um for good for reason <laughs> For completely, you know, really completely, I can't blame these people, the mayor of Hatton Corners, for being like, get out of here, dude. Um, also, the passenger pigeon is extinct, so we literally couldn't give them to you, even if that was a reasonable request. <laughs> and Bromwell's like, well, that's not my problem, is it? Uh, but they, I guess uh, you should start Jurassic Parking some passenger pigeons. <laughs> um so he leaves furiously um and travels to the nearby goat island uh unsure what the goat situation is on the island uh but that is what it's named uh and while he's there he discovers uh cuz this is like the 60s um, he discovers, like, a mystical Native American staff. 
Um, cool. That he... Great. Yeah, cool. Rad. Love this. Love this guy in colonialist garb finding this magical Native American artifact and being Although, like, this is mine now. We'll say on brand. On brand. Completely on brand. You know what? It, if they had been trying to make a statement with it, um, it would make sense. But I really don't think that's what it was based on the fact that this was the 60s and this kind of thing was happening all the time. Um, but he finds this staff, which he will continue to have as Mr. Twister. Like, he, it's, like, his, like, main weapon that he uses, so it's, like, extra kind of, like, oh my god, okay. Um, and, uh, he finds, I think, this, like, cave with instructions to make, like, a magic potion, and then when you, uh, put the staff in the potion, uh, it, it gives it the ability to control the weather, um, which is, uh, how he goes, starts calling himself Mr. Twister, because he has the ability to create twisters, and that's, like, kind of his, like, signature thing. He but loves he to ride have around the ability- on twisters. To create a good name. No, that wasn't, that wasn't one of the powers. Um, (laughs) Could you imagine? You pick up a staff and you're just like, oh, suddenly I can think of like good names for things. I'm going to get into marketing. (laughs) Just like one guy who sits in the room and someone comes in, they're like, what should we call our app? And he just tells them, they're like, thanks. (laughs) um he's like thank you magic staff uh but he uh he takes the staff his new weather powers uh he rides into town on a big old twister uh and he's like well you didn't give me my feathers and you laughed at me so i'm doing what i said and i'm kidnapping your teenagers uh, and he <laughs> uses his tornado to scoop up all the teenagers and carry them away to back to Goat Island. Uh, however, the Teen Titans are also in Hatton Corners, I think, at the same time, uh, and have been, like, sort of, there's... There's been, this is, so they're not the Teen Titans yet. It's the proto-Teen Titans of, uh, Dick, Wally, and Garth, Robin, Kid Flash, Aqualad, um, who are in Hatton Corners for non-supervillain reasons, uh, and end up trying to kind of, like, smooth over the tension between the adults and the teens of the town, uh, because the teens are all like, they just don't understand us. And like, you know, like a very kind of like <laughs> old school comics type storyline. Um, they're like, we're cool teens. We can talk to them. <laughs> um, and then I think <laughs> <laughs> we're cool teens who definitely have normal relationships with the adults in our lives. Yeah, all of us, clearly. Um, I mean, listen, two of them, pretty okay. I'd say Wally and Garth have somewhat, I mean, not totally normal relationships, (laughs) but like, you know, not terrible. Now, see, I didn't say like good or bad. I said normal. no, no, that's true. Yeah, no, I would say out of these three, Wally is the most normal. That Garth is in a weirder situation, but... Arthur is a more normal adult. Congratulations, <laughs> so Wally, for being the most normal. <laughs> yeah, love that for him. Uh, anyways, the uh, the three of them head to Goat Island to, you know, rescue the teens uh, from this man. Uh, it's very funny to me that I'm not sure which of them was introduced first. Let me see if I can look that up real quick. It's very funny to me that Mr. Twister is a um wizard who controls the weather and the Flash does have a villain named Weather Wizard who 
is exactly as it says. Um, which is, like, fine. There's lots of, like, weather-themed characters. Um, it's just funny to me that... Okay, Weather Wizard was 1959. Um, so, funny to me to think about Mr. Twister, like, I'm, like, some sort of weather wizard. And then being like, oh, what? Oh, somebody Oh, somebody took that one. Okay. Molly just yells, that's um, copyrighted. That's copyrighted. I have to deal with him all the time. Uh, but the, uh, the teens travel to Goat Island, uh, to rescue the other teens, um, where Mr. Twister, uh, has decided the best thing to do with them is to force them to build a tower shaped like a tornado in his honor. It sounds structurally sound. Yeah, it sounds like a good shape to make a tower, clearly. Yeah. Especially if it's built by unskilled teenagers. Yeah. Like, do you think he was like, have any of you kids taken, like, a drafting class? <laughs> by any chance? I'm like, no. Do any of you go to vocational high school? <laughs> um, so... They're, uh, figuring out what to do, how to stop Mr. Twister and get all these teens back. Um, Wally Well, it sounds like they can just this... let the teens build an unsafe structure. Yeah, and then, and then let just let it fall down on top let of Let Mr. Twister get in it and just leave. Yeah, just leave. The I, problem honestly, will take care yeah. of itself. But, uh, <laughs> Wally uses his super speed to finish building the tower extremely fast. Which I feel like is going to make it even less stable. Um, and then Garth calls a whale to push the island somewhere else. Hey. <laughs> hey. Um. <laughs> yeah. 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 How? How? Great question. Because that's not how islands work. <laughs> Like if whales could push islands places, we would be in a lot of trouble. Like I know there's like floating islands, but that's typically like a very specific right type of stone, like a pumice or something that is less dense than water. Right. And can hence float. I don't think you can build a tower on a on a pumice island. <laughs> Um, well, he gets a whale to push the island. This does seem like the most, like, three teens trying to rub their brain cells together to come up with a plan. Like, I'll uh, build the tower. I'll move the island. <laughs> move it somewhere else. Um, It's a very D&D-ass so, plan. <laughs> it really is, yeah. Um, so Mr. Twister uh, goes... He's, like, left the island, he comes back, the island's not there, he's like, where's my island? Goes back to Hatton Corners, is like, which one of you dumbasses moved my island? They're like, you can't do that, what are you talking about? <laughs> he's like, ah! Um, and then the uh, Teen Titans show up to fight him. Um, he uses his powers to stop, like, absolutely classic Teen Titans move. He uses his powers to, like incapacitate Wally and Garth and then he's like ooh what are you gonna do you don't even have any powers and I beat your friends and then Dick uses his you know tactical smarts to like uh knock the staff out of his hands he's like no my magic staff how'd you do that <laughs> my like, one weakness you know my one weakness um and then he gets arrested they get the teens back uh everyone is like are you going to do anything about this island that you pushed out from where it was? Like, it seems like that's maybe a big deal ecologically. And they're like, I think it's fine. Um, and then uh, <laughs> the three just, of them are like, wow, that went, they, listen, <laughs> this, listen, some things in comics, you just have to accept. And one of them is a whale pushed an island. It's God. I love, I love it. I love it. Um, but anyways, <laughs> uh, 
the three of them uh, are like, wow, we make a really good team. That went great. We should consider working as a team more often. And this is what leads to the formation of the Teen Titans. So uh, in that sense, Mr. Twister is a significant character in that he uh, indirectly led to the existence of the Teen Titans. Uh, So when they bring him back in Titans Hunt, which we'll get to, it's like kind of a, you know, a, a, a symbolic villain choice because it's like, this was sort of the first villain the Teen Titans ever fought, even though they weren't the Teen Titans yet. Not all of them were there. Um, so after this, uh, uh, another, a uh, pretty weird thing happened, um, which is that in the 70s, the Teen Titans fight a, uh, guy named Antithesis, or the Antithesis, who is this, like, really, really bizarre looking purple robot alien thing um who when the teen titans encounter him has uh he's like an interdimensional being who feeds off negative energy and uh he like brainwashes the justice league into uh like doing crimes and then like feeds off the negative energy that he's getting from them uh, and then the Teen Titans find out about this, uh, fight him, snap the Justice League out of it, uh, and then the antithesis, in order to get revenge, uh, contacts Mr. Twister and is like, hey, you hate the Teen Titans, right? Um, what if I gave you the power to fight them. Um, and then I think they also maybe retcon in that miss that antithesis was like somehow responsible for like getting Mr. Twister, the magic staff in the first place, which if it was like an interdimensional staff and not a native American staff, I'd feel a little bit better about it. So I guess that's fine. Um, even if it doesn't make any sense. Um, do you think, also, do you think that it was an interdimensional staff, but he found it on this island and he's like, this must be a Native American staff because yeah, he's just that's so also. like married to the colonizer bullshit that he's like, I'm going to wear these colonial clothes and I'm going to find some Native American artifacts and I'm going to steal them and use them for my own means. And then it's like, I don't think that's actually a Native American staff. And he's like, you shut your mouth. (laughs) That doesn't look like any Native American artifact I've ever seen. It's like, do you even Um, know what tribe it is? Exactly. It's, nobody claims this. It's, it's nothing. What are you doing? (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah. So Antithesis contacts Mr. Twister, um... And, and Antithesis is from Limbo, which I feel like is not really explained here. Because there is, like, a Limbo in the DC universe that is, like, a, like, kind of purgatory. Like, like the traditional kind of, like, Limbo, like, not heaven, not hell, afterlife type place. Yeah. I assume that's not what this is. And I think they're just using it as, like, it's a dimension. It's the closest translation we had. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's a way to think about it. Um, it's like, I'm so from a Mr. planet Twister- that has no, no word in your language. The closest approximation would be limbo. <laughs> it's like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That makes sense. Um... So he uh, asks Mr. Twister if he wants to get revenge on the Teen Titans. Mr. Twister goes, boy, would I. Um, And he transforms Mr. Twister into a gargoyle-like being 
and he starts going by the gargoyle. Um, I think, I believe, if I have the timeline right, that, like, gargoyle shows up, and then later on, it's retcon that, like, that's actually Mr. Twister, and Antithesis turned him into this, and it's not like, uh, it's like, this guy's been Mr. Twister the whole time. Um, the, uh, first time Mr. Twister's gargoyle fights the Teen Titans, even though they don't know that it's Mr. Twister yet, they think it's just a weird gargoyle man. Um, and he is, like, he has now, I don't think he has psychic powers. I think he's just sneaky. But he's, like, trying to turn the Teen Titans against each other, um, and, uh make them, you know, fight amongst themselves and, like, lose trust in Dick as their leader. Uh, and then, uh, Dick, again, this is, like, basically the second time this has happened to him. Dick basically, like, tricks him into taking Dick back with him to Limbo. And then Dick, like, smashes the, like, ring he's using to, like, travel back and forth and escapes and traps him in Limbo. It's like, oh, no, the boy outsmarted me again! <laughs> Oh, no. How did this happen? This dang teen. Too smart for his own good. Or, I guess, yeah. my own good. Damn. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, after this, he has a... He doesn't... Him and the antithesis don't... Neither of them show up that often. The other significant story that he has with the gargoyle is the one that we talked about with Mal, uh, where Mal, like, accidentally, uh, releases him from Limbo, uh, while the rest of the Teen Titans are gone, um, and then manages to trap him again, discovers the, uh, plans for the magic Limbo interdimensional horn, um, that he builds with his girlfriend's help, uh, and then much later on realizes that the horn was kind of left as a trap because every time Mal uses it, it weakens the barrier between this world and Limbo and would eventually allow the antithesis and Mr. Twister, the gargoyle, to be released. Um, th it's like, <laughs> this is like one of those retcons also that's like very like, we just felt the need to make this guy turn out to have been another guy the whole time because it's like there's no like he doesn't have any powers that are connected to Mr. Twister he doesn't have any like aesthetic signifiers connected to Mr. Twister he's just a guy who hates the Teen Titans and that's the only thing you can tell that they have in common um, They're just like, oh, who's another guy who hates the Teen Titans and doesn't have any inherent powers of his own? Oh, we could bring back Mr. Yeah. Twister. Yeah, and who we haven't seen in a while, because if it was a recurring villain that was around the same time the Gargoyle was around, we'd know it wasn't them. Yeah. Um, I think the 80s is when they do, like, the full, like, antithesis Mr. Twister Gargoyle reveal. Um, also in the 80s, there is potentially a third Mr. Twister, maybe the same guy. Um, there's a guy who shows up in Booster Gold's solo series, um, calling himself Mr. Twister. Uh, different, uh, costume, different look, uh... No weather powers to speak of. So again, I'm not sure why this guy is calling himself Mr. Twister. Um, but, uh, he shows up in Booster Gold, uh, threatening to, uh, blow up a hockey rink in Metropolis if he doesn't, like, get, like, a certain amount of money. Um... And Booster stops him. Really, uh, Skeets stops him. Um, thank you, Skeets. Thank you, Skeets. Uh, but 
yeah, unclear if this is, like, supposed to be, like, original Mr. Twister who, uh, you know, stopped being the gargoyle and changed his whole look and vibe and M.O., um, or if it's a completely different guy and... On three separate occasions, people have come up with the villain name Mr. Twister. Um, but that's, uh, yeah, we don't really know anything about that guy or what his deal was, uh, and I don't think we ever will. Um, after this, uh, Mr. Twister, as himself, not as Gargoyle, shows up. Well, he shows up as Gargoyle in the 2000s adjectiveless titans um where he somehow manages to like psychically uh or magically um again turn them against each other like make them forget about like their history as teen titans which will be relevant in a little bit um and they beat him and he leaves he shows up as mr twister in Infinite Crisis, just very briefly as a cameo, um, and then he shows up in One Year Later, which is the follow-up to Infinite Crisis, um, where he is homeless and waiting in line at a soup kitchen, um, where he finds Roy, uh, Roy Harper, volunteering there um and roy's like are you are you mr twister and he's like oh you're one of the my the teen titans who i hate so much and roy's like are you like doing okay and he's like no (laughs) um are are you okay man i'm not yeah and they have just like a, a little kind of uh moment of of connection where he Let's go of a little bit of his, uh, hatred of the Teen Titans. Um. Is Roy like, hey so, man, here's some money and also some soup. Like. Yeah. Can you just, like, t- take care of yourself, okay? Um. So that's in the mid-2000s. Um. In 2011, uh. DC reboots its comic book universe with uh, an event called Flashpoint. Flashpoint is the event that incites this, and then the branding for the reboot is called the New 52, um, because 52 is a significant number in the DC universe, and they were going to have 52 new number one titles coming out. I'm going over all of this, like, just in case... Because it's, it's, it's relevant to understanding this storyline. Um, I know we reference them all the time and people know most of it, but just in case. Um, so the idea for the New 52 was that they were basically undoing almost all of DC history uh, and starting everything over from almost the beginning. It was like, Batman's been Batman for like five years. Um, but they also wanted to keep all the characters. So it was like Batman's been Batman for five years. And also he's somehow had like five Robins in five years. <laughs> Man, there's a um, high turnover rate on this Robin position. Yeah, weird. Um, and also Batman's been Batman for five years, but Nightwing's still like 26. Oh my God. <laughs> And so it was <laughs> not well received. It was Dick Grayson running around as a twenty-one-year-old Robin. Yeah, yeah. It was Just extremely beer. poorly received. By- <laughs> um, it was extremely poorly received by fans. There, it did get some new readers, but like not really enough to justify it um and also part of the issue as like gail simone revealed somewhat recently was that there was not really a lot of like editorial oversight on what like 
previously existing things were confirmed to exist and what had like definitely been erased. So there would be like some comics that were referencing things from like previous DC history. There would be some comics that weren't. There would be some comics that reference something that seemed not to exist in another comic. So it was a, a huge mess. Um, and after about five years, they re-rebooted it um, with a new branding called DC Rebirth that was going to revert things back to uh, mostly original continuity. Um, DC, the rebirth happens uh, because Dr. Manhattan, there's a storyline called Doomsday Clock that I haven't read most of because it seems really <laughs> confusing. Um, and it involves Dr. Manhattan doing some, like, reality warping stuff and, like, resetting the universe somehow. That's not really what it is. This is also, it's also confusing because it's, like, this is how John Kent ends up existing is, like, partly because of some confusing stuff that happens in Doomsday Clock. So, if, like, you try to explain to people, they're like, oh, when did Superman get a kid? You're like, well... <laughs> Just don't, it's fine. It's fine. Um, Just don't worry about it. (laughs) To add to the confusion, um, the Teen Titans don't get their histories reverted as part of, uh, like, the Doomsday Clock rebirth thing. They get their histories restored slightly before that. Um, As... New 52 is kind of winding down. Presumably because New 52 is kind of winding down, they're like, yeah, we can, whatever. We'll do this story about the Titans getting all their memories back, even though that'll mess with the timeline because we're going to be getting rid of all this anyways. Um, But uh, Mr. Twister shows up. (laughs) And Mr. Twister, he's back to his uh, weird colonial garb and his... A uh, little pigeon feather cloak. Um, but in this version, he's a full out, like, magical entity. Not even from this plane of reality. Um, like a, a demon, pretty much, who's just calling himself Mr. Twister and chooses to look like this for <laughs> unexplained reasons. He saw Mr. Um, the real Mr. Twister on the street and was like, that guy. I want that guy's aesthetic. Unless. Um, Unless. He is is very aware of the Teen Titans history and is like, oh ho ho, I'm gonna make this thematic. I mean, that that might be what it is. Uh, Because, again, because it's New 52, it's like he replaces original Mr. Twister in the New 52 version of continuity, but he's a guy who exists outside space and time, so he, you know, probably witnessed original Mr. Twister in some corner of the multiverse. Um, (laughs) He's like, they're gonna get their memories back. They'll realize that this is very clever after that. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So, none of the original Teen Titans remember uh being the teen titans in this version of continuity tim drake formed the first iteration of the teen titans um so none of them have ever been teen titans in their memories none of them have ever like really i mean they've known each other they've like interacted but they've never really been friends um and then wally west who has been written out of existence for most of the new 52 because dan didio hates me personally um (laughs) Wally West is, like, clipping back into the universe through, like, speed force stuff. Flashes love to do this. Um, and a bunch of the Teen Titans are, like, starting to have, like, weird memory flashes. Uh, and... The memory Mr. is Twister, stored in the Wally West. <laughs> memory is stored in the Wally West. Friendship is stored in the Wally West. Um... Mr. Twister shows up, uh, and ultimately 
reveals that uh, he, that they had all been Teen Titans and they had all been on the team together. Um, but uh, he was trying to bring the evil entity who he serves into the world, which turns out to be an evil Donna Troy. <laughs> um, but he, we support uh, women's wrongs. Uh, yeah, we do. It's true. We we don't support Mr. Twister, but we we can support women's wrongs. Um, he like was trying to bring uh evil Donna Troy into our world, uh, and like was like psychically controlling the Teen Titans in some way to like use them to try and bring this about um and lilith was like okay he's inside of our heads he knows everything about us the only way we can get rid of him is if i use my powers to make us forget him and forget being teen titans (laughs) and forget that we know each other uh and then we can send him back to where he came from uh so they do that and then that's why they don't remember each other or remember that the Teen Titans existed. Um, but where's Wally? Where's Wally? Where is he? Um, With his little that, striped uh, again, shirt and his cane. God. Um, again, this is whack because it's like everybody else got their history erased for universe reboot reasons. These guys also got their history erased, but for a completely unrelated reason. <laughs> and again, it's not going to matter because they're undoing all of it, like, almost immediately after this. Um, but it is a wild choice to make. So, in, like, the uh, present timeline of the New 52, Mr. Twister shows back up and is uh, trying to recreate the same ritual to give all the Teen Titans their memories back. Uh, and then, you know, surprise, it turns out they get all their memories back. And now that they have their memories back and they remember being friends, they're stronger than they ever were before. And they defeat Mr. Twister through the power of friendship uh, and send him back to hell. And then they fight evil Donna Troy. Uh, and it's all fine. Um, Fun. So. Fun times. Yeah. Com- Fun times. Completely wild. Unclear in Rebirth if uh, Mr. Twister still exists as this weird demon man or if uh, original Mr. Twister existed. I don't think anybody cares that much. Um, I feel like it's still like, I feel like it's probably still demon Mr. Twister because it's like Titan's Hunt kind of feeds into Rebirth. Um, But... I'm not sure, and I don't think it super matters. Um, But I guess we'll see if they decide to, you know, fight Mr. Twister again. Um, But yeah, that's that's this weird guy. (laughs) Been through a lot, a lot of various iterations. I'm proud of him? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> question mark um i mean you don't have to be proud of him he's a big fan of colonialism yeah so. no i'm not i'm not proud of that um yeah under no circumstances do you gotta hand it to him etc <laughs> etc et do you think that the real mm-hmm. mr twister is still out there somewhere getting soup from soup kitchens completely unaware <laughs> that this demon has taken his form I thought you were going to ask, do you think the real Mr. Twister is the friends we made along the way? I was going to be like, yeah. Um, no, I think that would, I, I think that would be great if, like, original Mr. Twister was, like, out there, like, rebuilding his life, like, atoning for his mistakes, going to soup kitchens. Um, and Start- then Roy shows up again, he's like, oh, I thought you were, like, a demon guy now. And he's no, like, he- what? Olivia, this is what happens. This is what happens. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Tur- he turns his life around. He starts uh-huh. volunteering at the same soup kitchen. Great. Roy comes back now that he remembers parts of his life. 
Uh huh. And he's like, hold on a second. Are you the say? What is okay? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you fight us last year? And he's like, what? No. <laughs> I've been really hard at work, like getting my life together. Like I got an accounting degree from the community college down the street. Like I. I'm paying rent at an apartment. I volunteer here on Saturdays. Like, I'm really holding it together. And Roy's like, okay, because there's a guy who you really didn't, like, see. Uh, okay, um, well, so there's a guy who <laughs> looks like you and is calling himself Mr. Twister, but also he might be a demon? And Bromwell's like, I'm a human man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> um. Anyway, I have no explanation for this. Will you pass me the potatoes? <laughs> I need to start peeling them. And then they have like the weirdest uh time working at this soup kitchen, and everybody can feel <laughs> the weird energy and is like, "What's up with those guys? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening over there?" You would not believe them if they told you. You would not. <laughs> um, and then Roy has to go tell the rest of the Teen Titans, like, okay, so the real Mr. Twister is an accountant now, and yeah. that guy, it, the, the demon guy, is an imposter, I guess? Uh, I possibly guess just, just pulled from our memories. <laughs> yeah, he just decided to, you know, look like that and name himself that for symbolic thematic reasons the, the nostalgia of it i guess <laughs> the nostalgia of it all and everybody's like God. that is weird but probably not the weirdest thing that's ever happened to us honestly yeah <sighs> did you have anything else to say or discuss well if you have comics that you read uh you might want to go first because i did finish Batman Justice Buster Volume 1, and if you don't oh. mind spoilers, I have some thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I would love to hear about it. Um, I don't have comics to talk- well, I was reading some more of Runaways 2017. Um, I did see that on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, you, people, yeah, you saw me because I was blogging about Victor because I have to get onto Twitter.com. And post pictures of comics blurbos and be like, he's so cute! I was just like, oh, it's Victor's good to see so Victor cute. again. <laughs> it's good to see Victor. He's doing way better than at the beginning of the story. Like, for example, he has a body. Yeah. Um, big, big improvement for him, I'm sure. Huge, huge moment for my special little boy. He does get a knife held to his throat, which is unfortunate for him, but fun for me. So, <laughs> um, you know. Uh, but yeah, I did not, I don't think read any new, new comics. Um, but I did want to mention that the uh, Short Box Comics Fair started uh, yesterday as we're recording this. It runs through the entire month of October. This is, I think, the like third or fourth year, maybe, that this has happened. And I think we bring it up every year. Um, but basically, it is a uh, digital comics fair uh, where this... I think they have like a hundred artists this year. Um, they have all different artists create an, a brand new original comic for it that will be uh, available to buy online for the duration of October. Um, there's tons of different artists, all kinds of different genres, different lengths of comics, different price points. Um, some of them in the past have been available after the fair ends. I think once it's over, it's like up to the artist if they want to, you know, make it available in some other way. Um, but the fair is the only time that all of them are guaranteed to be available to buy. Um, so I would recommend people check it out. I haven't bought anything yet, but I've been seeing a lot of posts of things that I do really want to buy. We do um, love the Shortbox Comics Fair. 
we love the short box comics fair in this house. Uh, so possibly we'll be hearing more about it as I buy things and read them. Um, but yeah, that's something to, uh, keep in mind. Anyways, what, what are your thoughts on Batman Justice Buster? Okay, before I, before I get into Batman, I do want to say, uh, just so that, like, if anybody doesn't want to hear about Batman Justice Buster, like, that's the end of the episode. They can just, like, they don't have to worry about skipping ahead to any particular time. <laughs> they can just go to their next podcast. Um, I saw when I was at the uh, comic shop, uh, I was like, oh, cute, a new um, Superman young adult graphic novel that I have not heard about somehow. Um, Mm -hmm. It's called The Harvests of Youth. It's uh, written and drawn by Cena Grace. And um, I did hear about this. Can I just read you the blurb on the back? Yes, yes, yes. Clark Kent's idyllic teen life is wrenched away when the death of a classmate rocks Smallville. As he and his friends grieve, the challenges they face become darker, more complex, and deeply insidious. Clark feels completely out of his depth when Smallville's latest threat proves that it takes more than fists and laser beams to save the day. For the first time in his life, Clark must grapple with life's biggest questions and confront his own mortality, or lack thereof, in order to become the hero his beloved town needs. Uh Uh-huh. I'm... Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, yeah, if anybody hears any typing noises, it's because I'm going to the library website so I can (laughs) put this on hold for me... Um, boy, interesting, huh? <laughs> interesting. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Probably gonna feel really normal about this one. Yeah, I read the back, I was like, oh, I wonder what this one's about. And I read it, I'm like, okay, well, that's coming yeah. home with me. Yep, 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 yep. All right, all right. Great, great, and great. For, for the people who don't want to know about the Batman Justice Buster Volume 1, um... Uh, feel free to just skip this episode. I'm not going to do any fun thing. It's just going to be Kiss Me Sexy Batman. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> um, so, Olivia. Uh-huh. Yeah. You remember how I was like... Yep. Uh, there's a kid here that they seem to be paralleling with Bruce. Uh-huh. Do you want to take a wild guess about who that kid might be? I don't know if I do. I'm worried. I'm scared. Now, you would think in a Uh manga where Robin is a supercomputer that Dick Grayson wouldn't exist. (laughs) You would think that. And you would be wrong. I would be the fool, huh? Which, I mean, partly, like, you're like, wow, who is this Danny kid living with his Uncle Simon? Like, they're just really doing a parallel, huh? And then, like, at the very end of Volume 1, this kid, like, goes to try to talk to private detectives. Like, well, before that, they, like, show, um, they, like... (laughs) do the, like, backstory of, uh, like, they just show several panels about, like, two people falling off of a, you know, acrobat thing with the ropes cut, and then this Uh kid gets comforted by his uncle, who is dressed as a clown, and then he wakes up from a nightmare, (laughs) and then he goes, Uh and then he goes to see... Well, actually, before that, Deathstroke shows up, but that's different. Uh, <laughs> oh, I like he, when Deathstroke shows up, though. Yeah. He goes to see um, a private detective, and it turns out to be the dude in a trench coat that I was like, I wonder who this guy is. Turns out he's a private detective. Mm-hmm. Um, And the private detective's like, what's your name, kid? And the kid's like, Danny. And he's like, no, I mean your real name. <laughs> 
<gasps> and he's like, my name is Dick Grayson. And I'm like, God oh damn my God. it. <laughs> um, but also, this version of the Joker uh, does... He... He um, is also doing vigilante stuff, but his vigilante stuff does involve murder. <laughs> and he keeps <laughs> insisting to Batman that he's Batman's partner, and Batman keeps going, I don't have a partner, you're not my partner, you kill people. <laughs> and, like, they fight together against Killer Croc, and, like... He's like, hey, we should be partners. And Batman's like, no. And the Joker's like, come on, I didn't even kill this guy because you said you didn't want me to. Come on. And he's come like, on, I man. He's like, I promise I won't. And I'm like, this is the kind of Joker content that I do like, actually. That is, honestly, if you're gonna have Joker in your thing, that's pretty fun. But, like, there's also, like, an overarching plot of, like, somebody's hiring villains to try to kill Batman, and I don't know if it is the Joker, and I think the Joker is maybe Dick Grayson's uncle. The clown? Just, yeah, but, I mean, there's also some visual cues and some way, like, some ways that the scenes are set up. Um, and it's also possible that he he might have been involved in the Wayne murders. And oh, I okay. Because the private detective is, like, outside of Dick's apartment complex. And Dick's like, who are you and what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm just looking around. Um, which also, I feel like there's fun translation stuff. That was happening because I just want to read the um uh <laughs> uh because he he walks up and he says hey old man do you have business in this apartment building and he's like no I'm a private detective and also I don't know what your personal definition of an old man is but calling a stranger that when you don't know their age or background is pretty rude <laughs> and then Dick's like my bad bro. <laughs> And he's like, I'm not young enough to be your bro. Stop and Dick's like, make up your mind. And it's like, I want to know what the original Japanese was there. Like, was it like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it like, Onisen? <laughs> like, was it like, okay, brother? <laughs> and then they're like, how do we translate this into English? My bad, bro. Um, God. But, yeah, then he, like, is talking to his employer later, and he's like, I think it might be going, like, all the way back to the murders of Dr. and Mrs. Wayne. And I'm like, okay. Did... I don't know what's happening. But also, there's a section in the middle where Bruce Wayne sits down at a restaurant in Metropolis to get interviewed by Clark Kent and he's like everyone's been cleared out there's no need for the charade Mr. Kent and then he's just like okay fine <laughs> will you join the Justice League and Bruce is like no I feel like it's a terrible idea what does Superman have like how do we have any guarantee that a bunch of super-powered, non-human people are going to have, like, humanity's best interests in mind? And I'm like, you know, Batman in another universe, that would be the reason why he joins the Justice League, so that he can make sure that they have right. humanities. But he's yeah, like... Yeah, exactly. He's like, no, no, absolutely not. Um, And then, like... <laughs> They're just, they're, like, talking about, like, justice and everything, and Clark's like, and is your partner the same? And, like, kind of, like, pushes his lip up into a smile, and Batman's like, partner? Don't make me laugh. He's no partner of mine. He kills people. I don't. I would never cross that line. And Clark's like, all right. Uh, so that's out of the question. Um... <laughs> 
And then he's like, okay, but like, also I've noticed a trend that Gotham, like when you started three years ago, all you were doing was like fighting gangsters, and now you have like people in mech suits, um, people with powers. Like, what happens when it gets to be too much? And he's like, anyway, uh, next time it'll be a giant alligator from the sewers. And then he, like, fights Killer Croc, and he's like, huh, he called it. Oh. But also, it's so Crazy. cute, because Clark's just like, oh, I really was supposed to interview him. As soon as Bruce <laughs> walks out, and it's like, Clark. Do, do your real human job first, and then talk about no. the business that'll probably make the man walk out on you. Oh, I love him. God, but fucking, I don't know if the Joker is, like, like hiring people to try to kill Batman so that he can, like, jump in and save the day, or what. I just... I don't know what's happening. But also, the fucking... He calls Lucius at the end... Like, the end of volume one. He calls Lucius and he's like, uh, like, okay, so we need to get something that can deal with overpowered opponents. And Lucius is like, alright, is this about the Batboat? And he's like, yeah. It's not gonna be called the Batboat anymore. It'll be the Justice Buster. This huge fucking, like, aircraft carrier-looking thing. Awful. Oh my god. But I am definitely gonna keep reading it if I can. Um, I don't know when Volume 2 is coming out, but also, I do want to know what's going on. Yeah, same. I'm very curious now. I did not expect Dick Grayson to be here. I guess that was our mistake. I, I'm just like, wow, I want, like, I was so surprised that they invented a child to parallel Bruce Wayne. Here he is punching a kid in the throat for making <laughs> fun of him. Love that. Love that for him. Love that for him. He was very subtle about it, though. Nobody knew what happened. And he was like, oh, wow, he fainted. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Which Wild. actually, let me look back at that part and see if, like, does he have, like, superpowers, or is he just very fast? Oh, no, okay, he's like, uncle told me not to stand out. <laughs> he's like, oh, crap. Uncle told me not to stand out. Wow. Oh, yeah, no, they were making fun of him for reading a criminal psychology book by Jeremiah Arkham. <laughs> One, I don't think he should be reading a book by Jeremiah Arkham. Yeah, no, don't trust that guy. <laughs> But also, what, do you want to be a cop? Or maybe you want to be a criminal? And this kid's like, you know what? I'm just gonna punch this kid in the throat and nobody's gonna see it. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna do some crime right now. <laughs> Watch me go. Haha, <laughs> I was too fast, you didn't see me. Anyway, I'm gonna be taking my criminal psychology book and leaving. <laughs> Gods. Anyway. Good Joker anyway. design. Love that. <laughs> Turns out all you needed to make me like the Joker was to put him in a manga where he has a cool design. <laughs> and he yeah, keeps saying wow. that he's Batman's partner. Batman's <laughs> like, I don't know this man. He just showed up and started stabbing people. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great content. Thank you. All right. Well, that's everything. Um... Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Capes and Japes. If you want to keep up with us, you can follow us online on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, at Capes and Japes. Uh, you can send us an email to capesandjapes at gmail.com. We have a Discord server uh, that people are welcome to join. There were some uh, very fun panels from this that Briar was posting earlier. Um... We um, also have a Patreon if you want to support us on there. Uh, we recently recorded a bonus episode about our thoughts on the Blue Beetle movie. So uh, if you want to hear our thoughts on that, good time to subscribe to the Patreon. Uh, if you can't do that, but you still want to help us out, 
leaving a rating and review is very much appreciated. Uh, telling a friend about the show if you think they might want to check it out. And just coming back and joining us, as you've done once again. So thank you for being with us for this episode of Capes and Japes. I have been Olivia. And I have been Briar. And as always, kiss me sexy Batman. Kiss me sexy Batman. Just like you promised. Just like I promised. <laughs>